0: Hello there and welcome back to a brand new episode of Take 97, a film podcast with me your host Ace Mazur. Now today we look at the latest Marvel movie continuing the multiverse saga since Spider-Man No Way Home and that is Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. And he'll be joined by me, David Ingram, host of Films Unchained podcast where breakdowns, movie analysis and film talks take place. This is amazing. Thanks for popping by David. You're welcome, Ace. You're the draw. Uh, wait. Uh, Ace, who's that? I'm David Ingram, host of Take 97, a film podcast. In my universe, this setup, you two, it's not right. I'm telling you right now. What's not right is you interrupting us. I think you need to go. Otherwise, a serious desecration by reality, even by talking to us. Well, excuse me, but I think you're intruding on my episode, I think you'll find. Get out out of here. here. No, I think you'll find you're the ones who'll be going. Thank you very much. Okay, I don't quite know what went on there, but uh, let's get back down to business, shall we? Welcome back to another episode of Take 97, a film podcast with me, your host, David Ingram. Uh, I don't know who those two jokers were, but we might see them later on down the line because there's some weird stuff going on here at the moment at the Tate 97 studio. Who knows, we might see them again, we might not. But for now, let's get started on my review of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, My review, not theirs, mine. And let's just break it down, shall we? Um, This one is the latest installment of the Doctor Strange fiasco, as it were. Uh, We originally met Doctor Strange as portrayed by benedict cumberbatch the english actor uh, back in 2016 if i remember correctly for his first ever outing as the doctor of the mystical arts and the master of everything in between that's magic in the mcu but we do get to see a bit more of him without the aid of other people in terms of say the avengers uh, but at the same time it's not entirely the Doctor Strange show, despite the fact the film is called Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. But before we start, let me just remind you guys to keep following us on our social media pages on Instagram, Twitter, the lot, and we will keep you up to date with all the latest news and upcoming release date schedules for our episodes and more little sneak peek tidbits as well. Uh, but for now, let's get back to Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Um, Personally, just to say this from the off right... I didn't think that this was as amazing as the trailers and the promotional material made it look. The coming soon little sort of sting teaser that came right at the end of uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, which was the last time we saw Doctor Strange, it made out to be very epic, very cool, very great. And also for anyone who was fans of WandaVision and Wanda Maximoff as played by Elizabeth Olsen, and Doctor Strange and that stuff in general. This really did get a massive hype. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm gonna say from now on, it's a good film in the sense that it's enjoyable and it's not like as long as No Way Home, Infinity War, Endgame. It's it's a long, it's two hours, just over two hours, but it's still not like a epic, epic film. And I don't think it met the epic expectations that people, including myself, actually thought it would. And I'll get to the reasons why I think that in a minute, but just to give you a general breakdown, this film takes directly, this film takes place directly after the events of Spider-Man No Way Home. And we do pick up a little bit on the loose ends of Doctor Strange himself. Uh, So we get to see the likes of Christine Palmer again. We haven't actually seen Christine Palmer since 2016's Doctor Strange. So it was nice to see Rachel McAdams back in the role and I just think we enjoyed seeing that dynamic of sort of that lo- lost love between Strange and Christine Palmer. And I just think that the it was an awkward relationship, really, to be fair, in this film. Uh, and I'll tell you why. So basically, the film opens up with a big straight bang, flash, wallop into action. Uh, we get to see Doctor Strange, but not as we know him. Doctor Strange with a ponytail. That'll become relevant in a minute. Um, he's referred to as in many aspects including merchandising as Defender Strange uh, and he's running through what looks like a big space uh, on like floating rocks and stuff with a young woman called America Chavez Uh, and she's a multiversal traveller unbeknownst to her she cannot control her powers effectively until we get to the end of the film basically uh, but she can travel through all of the multiverse at the drop of a hat but in this case at the moment she can't control her powers uh, she has no true understanding of how to do that but we see her and Defender Strangers, he's referred to, running away from a big giant monster, CGI monster in classic MCU fashion, uh, to what is known as the Book of Vishanti, which is apparently an ancient mythical book, which is meant to give the Beholder the ability to do whatever they want. Usually, in most cases, though, it's to defeat the Dark Hold, which is the evil book which is used by the Scarlet Witch later on in the film and it's the book that she seeks to use to obtain what she wants. Um, But we see them being chased by this monster and Defender Strange is killed and ultimately sucked into a multiversal portal with America. And then we end up in the universe of our Doctor Stephen Strange. And we catch up with him. Basically, Christine Palmer is not getting married to Doctor Strange. He is attending the wedding of Christine Palmer, getting married to some random dude. We don't have a clue who he is. I don't really care who he is. That's how bad the writing was on that part. But there you go. Uh, But we get to see him being like, oh, no. A little pickup line of, was there any other way of doing it? And a little sort of nod back to Infinity War and Endgame. You know, was there any other way to fix the way... Things went with the whole blip situation and everything when everyone got dusted by Thanos but that's sort of cut short quite quickly when this giant eye monster of a different kind ends up in the middle of New York City and Doctor Strange probably one of my absolute highlights of the film is when he jumps down from this tall building (laughs) and uh, he unveils his cape the magic cape which is amazing it's got a personality of its own and he jumps down and it surrounds him around his neck and he flies down and floats down and does all his mystical stuff that he likes to do with all the magic circles and everything Uh, i've just dumbed that down very badly but i don't care Uh, and i think that you know if we get standard mcu battle i think it's very much punch 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 with this film it's that's the thing i enjoyed about it it wasn't too slow there was quite a lot of bits where it got straight to the point it was very pacey and very good um it was directed this film's actually directed by sam raimi who directed the original spider-man trilogy Uh, and he's known for in this case he was stated and slated as doing the most horror film like the the closest that he could do to a horror film for the MCU because the MCU has never really done a proper horror. And in a way, I disagree with this. And this is a point I'm going to point out and I'll mention it a bit later, but I do disagree that the multiverse of madness had that much horror vibes in it. And I'll explain why later. But we see this uh battle take place. Wong, played by Benedict Wong, comes into action. The pair of them fight. There's some jokes between them about Wong being the sorcerer supreme and respect and stuff and it's all that and that's quite funny Uh, and then obviously they connect with America Chavez and they learn that she needs to be protected and essentially from that point on Doctor Strange then says, "Well, I need someone just as equally powerful and of a similar, you know, nature who understands magic to come and help us protect America and against these threats, these monsters that are chasing after her." Uh, And also, they find a zombie version of Doctor Strange as well, (laughs) which is actually Defender Strange, but well, he's not a zombie yet. But spoiler alert: he will become a zombie. But he becomes dead and he gets buried by our Doctor Strange. And then Stephen goes off to find Wanda Maximoff. She expects him to think all it's all to do with the um, incident in Westview which is the events of Division. for anyone who hasn't seen it you need to watch it uh, to understand that a little bit uh, but he says no it's not I'm not hit for that you've moved on etc uh, he comes for help and she lets herself slip by saying oh you could do something with America you could hide her here and I could take her in and he didn't mention that her name was America so she instantly exposed herself and Turns out she's the one who's been sending creatures after America because she wants her powers so that she can travel to another universe and find the ability to get her children back. So, in one division, she has two children who aren't real, they're creations of her own imagination. But she believes that because she dreams about them, and in the science of this, if you dream about something, that's an alternate version of yourself in another universe. Uh, including a very funny one where one goes, where well, I'm being chased by a clown. Is that a- another reality? Apparently so. Uh, and that's essentially it. It then becomes Wonder versus Strange and the mystical arts of camotage And that's where it sort of goes. And they go through the multiverse. Uh, but that's literally it. And by the end of the film, We get to it and they end up sort of teaching Wanda a lesson that she has become the villain. She says that she doesn't like being seen as the villain, but ultimately she has become the villain in the way that she tries to undertake things. And that's, you know, that's a bare basic of it really. highlight, you know, a highlight for me really, I loved seeing some of the cool special effects, in there the creepy stuff like Wanda's hand coming through water and coming through like there was the mirror sequence as well where Wanda versus Strange that was quite a good one as well but I I just think overall this film didn't have, and it's my biggest critique of it, is it didn't have enough of the multiverse, and it didn't have enough madness in it, considering it's in its title. Scarlet Witch being the villain of the film, it was a natural progression. And I don't also think that this film really stands out as a Doctor Strange film. That's generally what I think about this film. It's not terrible, but in terms of, you know, it's a very simple story that Wanda just wants to get her kids back, and she's going to end the life and absorb all the life force out of this innocent girl from another dimension who doesn't even know how to control her powers yet taking everything away from her to really gain something so uh, in lots of people's eyes lots of people in like to Wong and Stephen Strange something that's very not superficial but something that seems delusional considering that she doesn't actually have children even though she's convinced that they are real and they exist in other realities, which it does become apparent they do. But that's the bare basic of it. This film serves more as a sequel to *One Division* than anything. It does pick up the relationship between Christine Palmer and Stephen Strange, but it doesn't because when we go into another dimension, we go into another aspect of the multiverse, our Dr. Stephen Strange ends up meeting another Christine Palmer and he basically has like a little bit of a get-together with that one, sort of getting to re-getting to know her. Her Stephen Strange has died and doesn't exist anymore because of a certain altercation during their timeline, but I just think that, you know, it's like two souls from a different different universes have been melded together, uh, but then they ultimately don't end up together. And It's all about how Stephen Strange is just moping around, being like, i want christine i'm so sorry i can understand like that sense of loss and he's not being able to let go and... In this respect he's kind of learning to let go as the film goes on but at the same time she doesn't really serve like she serves a little bit of a purpose as helping out but in terms of an emotional value of things she's literally just a constant reminder to Doctor Strange of the person that he lost which is you know is a good piece of writing in there a little bit but I just think that in terms of importance you know it's Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness and we've ended up with Wanda Maximoff and the multiverse of hell, because <laughs> I think we see more versions of Wanda Maximoff. Actually, no, that's not true. We we see a lot of versions of Stephen Strange. So we get Defender Strange at the beginning, who promptly dies, and then we get to see a, someone known as Sinister Strange, who has a third eye, and he's used the Darkhold, and that's he's cursed, whether he's been cursed for using it, and he's very evil, very drawn very grey and he looks really tired compared to R. Steven Strange and they have a little bit of a battle and there's a cool little battle which is another highlight for me. The little musical battle where they use musical notes which appear visually like the magic spells that they use anyway normally in the Doctor Strange world. They have a little battle of different like positive and negative and they all come in together to create some sort of musical piece which is an interesting take and I think Sam Raimi's direction in that is quite an interesting one there so I did like that and like I said I enjoyed the fact that the action got going straight away from the get-go and the way the cape brought Doctor Strange into it but like I said the film should have been all about the multiverse and we just didn't get enough of that. We got lots and lots of realities, but we didn't actually get that many in-depth looks at realities. So we got to look at a little bit of like the space between reality with, with Defender Strange at the beginning, and we get to return to that later on when it's the shot that's in the trailer where Strange, America, and Christine are looking out of that door from that vault at the... Uh, space in between to look for the Book of Vishanti. That's okay, I suppose, but then you get into the other realities. I'll tell you, like, I wrote down, I had to sort of list down all the um, realities that we went to, and it really does make me realise there's not enough madness and really not enough multiverse. I actually don't get what the madness was. The most madness was probably the Sinister Strange, which we got, because there was one which I think is referred to as Supreme Strange, who died in one universe, which we did actually visit for the majority of the film, or a good portion of the film. He died during the battle with Thanos, and in that reality they had a different set of, not Avengers as such, but a different group of people known as the Illuminati. And you know, you had the likes of Mordor, who is actually (laughs) <laughs> is actually it's still Strange's enemy in this respect played by Chetuo Ejafor and I just think that there's a little bit of a connection there to Doctor Strange 1 but still not much there was a nice bit of a oh is he the evil guy and then he was a good guy and he was really like oh brother come here but then he turns on him at the last minute kind of thing so still evil in Mordor but then I think you know we get the Illuminati a great lineup of classic Marvel Comics characters all in one space in a weird variation of multiverse. It was great, but I'll get onto those in a minute. But before we get to the main, the Illuminati universe, which I've mentioned a little bit of now. So we see the main universe, we see the Illuminati universe, uh, the Defender Strange at the opening, Sinister Strange where everything's sort of all negative and everything's sort of burnt out. And there's a really cool house in the middle of it. It's the, the Sanctum, Sanctorium is in New York usually, and it's just standing on its own grayscale and everything's flowing like in dust around it. And it looked really atmospherically good. I think the production design on that is probably one of my other favorite things about Doctor Strange. The design of everything was beautifully done and Sam Raimi's sort of framing then of these sets and these set pieces was beautiful and I did enjoy that and that you know that was a part of reality you know things looked a bit distorted and there was snow kind of falling from there and it, the sky and it looked really dusty and sort of old and creepy like an old ethereal horror film like you just entered a plane of non-existence so I really love that and that was a bit that we got to explore a little bit of but not as much that was mostly as setting for a battle before doctor strange then took control of defender strange's body and made it into zombie strange uh, and became probably one of the coolest most aesthetically looking evil looking strangers ever but doing good at the same time towards the end of the film where he battles off against um, the scarlet witch Uh, but that was an interesting one and then we have there was a scene it's semi towards the beginning of the film we get multiple realities now america and Doctor Strange, our Stephen Strange from our universe, is the main MCU. They accidentally travel through multiple realities as she saves him from being attacked by Wanda Maximoff. And next thing you know, they're falling through like, I think Doctor Strange turns 3D and separates at one point, they turn 2D, they turn into fruit and food at one point, <laughs> uh, plasma or whatever. They go through all these different realities, um, all, lots and lots of them, but they're all like snapshots. Uh, there's some that look a bit like, I think there's one that looks a bit like James Cameron's Avatar. I'm pretty sure at one point it looks like that, like a water-based world. And it, the visual effects on that point were amazing, but we never got to stick with any of those um, those realities. I think one of the realities was made of paint. I think it's paint. I can't remember now, but it is genuinely bizarre, like a trippy experience. They're trying to recreate the trippiness of the first Doctor Strange, where they, uh, with the Dumamu, I've come to bargain sequence and where he goes through everything. And also when he first exposed to the astral plane, then he gets separated from his body with um, Tilda Swinton's The Ancient One, uh, where he goes through that strange moment if you pardon the pun (laughs) of being separated from his mind and body and everything but in the ethereal plane Uh, and i just think it was a nice snapshot and a great visual effects trip if you want but we didn't get to spend any time in any of those other universes it would have been good if we went to a universe where it was just like the what if tv series on disney plus where they're all 2d animated in a way or 3d 2d but literally the one reality besides our own the main one Uh, that we seem to stick with the most, and we get to see another version of Wanda, who doesn't have as many Scarlet Witch powers, or at least it doesn't seem like it, along living with her boys, Billy and Tommy, who are obviously the key to what Wanda wants. She wants those children for herself, and she's going to kill that Wanda to get her own children back, Uh, which seems a bit immoral at the end of the day, but (laughs) hey-ho. I think they're in the same universe as the illuminati universe and the illuminati universe i call it that because basically it contains a group of people who basically were the avengers but not and they had their own stephen strange who they killed because he was getting ideas above his station and he was the most dangerous person uh, to the and the biggest threat to the multiverse the biggest threat to the multiverse is dr stephen strange as said by spoiler alert ahead guys you have been warned Reed Richards, uh, Mr. Fantastic of the Fantastic Four, the stretchy guy from the Fantastic Four. So the Fantastic Four has now been brought into the MCU officially now and there is going to be a solo film in, I think it's phase six of the Marvel Cinematic Universe that's coming soon as of this recording. Uh, and I just think he it was John Krasinski who played Mr. Fantastic and I just think he was short-lived. He, got, he, he just got destroyed by Wanda like a piece of Play-Doh. It was just pathetic. Uh, And then there was a character called Black Bolt who could kill you with the single breath of his speech. He can just say one word and he would kill you kind of thing. He actually is the one that kills the Stephen Strange of their universe because he was getting too dangerous for his own boots. Uh, We also have the likes of Captain Marvel, but not... Carol Danvers but Maria Rambo, the mother of Monica Rambo, who we do see in Captain Marvel the original one but obviously in our universe in the 90s she's alive but then I think she's dead by the time we get to the main timeline post blip so uh, we get to see another version of Captain Marvel but again she's meant to be really powerful and somehow the Scarlet Witch manages to destroy her uh, with like one rock falling onto her yet she's meant to be super strong and she got killed by a big bit of stone, which I don't quite understand. Uh, and then we also get the likes of uh, Mordor, who's there as well, Reed Richards, like I said. Uh, and we also get Captain Carter, who is played by Haley Atwell, who is the same one who plays Peggy Carter in Agent Carter, the TV series, and also in the Captain America film. So specifically the first Avenger with Steve Rogers and also in the flashbacks for Avengers Endgame. Uh, she's also in the animated series, What If? Uh, and it was really nice to actually see Captain Carter be brought to life in the live action sense. And to be honest, she was really good. She looked visually striking. The moment her shield entered the frame and nearly attacked Stephen Strange, it was amazing. That was one of my favorite highlights. Along with the return of Patrick Stewart as Professor X. I absolutely loved that. And they had the X-Men theme tune playing very subtly in the music background in the background of the music underneath the score it was there and we got a bit of him in action as well but in the end he got killed very simply I I just I can't really the whole of the Illuminati apart from I think Mordor gets killed by Wanda Maximoff and they're made out to be such a strong core collective and I really don't understand why they actually were made out to be so amazing because they were killed so easily. All of them were killed so easily. Like Black Bolt, he gets his mouth removed by Wanda because she controls reality. Uh, uh, Because of her reality-bending powers as the Scarlet Witch. I just don't understand. They make such a big deal out of the multiverse and everything and then all of these great cameos that just ended like that, just done. It, it makes you wonder why they're even there in the first place and but we spend the most time with them compared to any other reality and also the second wonder which we meet where she faces off against herself as it were for the sake of her children in the other reality. It all gets a little bit mind-bending and confusing and that's probably the only madness about this. There's only madness because there's not enough of the Fantastic Four in <laughs> this. Like, where's The Thing? Where's Sue Storm? Where's Johnny? Where's, you know, where's Flame On? I wanted to see that, but no, we'll have to wait for the Fantastic Four movie for that. Um, personally, I would rate this film three out, 3.5 stars out of 5, so three and a half out of five, because it's watchable it's enjoyable it's got some funny humorous moments it's good but i think there are other mcu films that are better i think spider-man no way home i've said this on the other episode that i did about it it relies a lot on nostalgia and there's nostalgia in this but also excitement and hype because of the inclusion of different characters from different universes but they weren't quite the same level as like when you got everyone on screen for Endgame. it doesn't work and i think we focused way too much on lots and lots of different characters and not on Doctor Strange well I mean we focused on Doctor Strange and his love life but I feel like for someone who's meant to be the leader of the multiverse saga I just feel like it's not actually meant to be you know we're not actually getting what we deserve so the multiverse saga moving forward he's meant to be the kingpin the leader of this saga the leader of the next load of Avengers into the saga of the multiverse yeah, he just continues just to bumble his way through everything and save the day, basically. He did a good job by the end of the film. Um, I really did enjoy it. The dead strange, zombie strange thing that was going on. But I just, I really think nothing that they they got to end game and they can't really top what happened in end game. Obviously now we've got the announcement of Avengers... Kang Dynasty or Dynasty and also Avengers Secret Wars which hopefully both those two films um, which coming out in the same year I think if I remember correctly if things all go to plan they should meet the level of Endgame but I don't think that Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness we if you spent loads of time in different realities a lot each of them individually the film would a be probably longer than Avengers Endgame and b would be paced really badly, so I just think that the film overall they should have gone with something a little bit more simpler. I mean the film is simple but at the same time there are aspects which I wish would have lasted longer. I kind of wish that in there would have been a final battle not Avengers style, but we would have bought a couple more of those multiversal characters beyond just Dead Strange and that. But then at the same time, I do appreciate I've just gone over back on myself and saying, you know, I want the film to be about Doctor Strange. And then that there's me saying we want to get the loads of different characters in. And, you know, I appreciate that. But there's different versions you could do. And ultimately... I, I think multiversal storytelling, it's the thing to stay now because we're going into the multiverse. We've had Loki. Uh, we've had What If as well with The Watcher, the animated series. Doctor Strange, the effects of Spider-Man, um, which is briefly referenced at the uh, the end of, well, it's the beginning of Doctor Strange, the multiverse of madness. You know, we had problem with Spider-Man and the multiverse. Uh, it's briefly brushed over. It feels a bit forced and a bit sort of, it didn't need to be said. Like, Like I said, I think I'll stay in the camp of make it a Doctor Strange film, try not to attach it too much to the last ones without overdoing it. It felt like a couple of different movies all at once, but that's just me. I think structurally it was a bit of a mess. Whether it was meant to be like that, I don't know. But like I said, I'll go back on myself. It is an enjoyable film. It's quite got fun moments throughout. But I would say that we we spent way too long in only two realities really we spent it i mean we went to the Wanda universe where the kids that Wanda maximov wanted to take away we went there but we i think we went to a total of three realities properly and i was more interested in the really dark universe with doctor strange that was very horror like and that was very reminiscent of a horror film and sam raimi really did a great job in the atmospherics of that scene and also when Wanda's chasing after them in the illuminati universe but when she's like half cut up and half like zombie-like as it were. That was something that I really enjoyed. But I'm being really critical here. Benedict Cumberbatch was great as usual. He's believable as Doctor Strange. Wong, Benedict Wong, is amazing. He's (laughs) one of my favorites. He's like becoming the new philip colson of the mcu because he's in everything he's in shun chi he's in this uh, obviously spider-man and he's going to be uh, he's in she hulk if i remember correctly he appears in she hulk and then there's so many other things wong's just going to be there for the standard of everything he's going to be the main man behind the entire multiversal saga and we'll learn that kang is really wong <laughs> that's my theory now, guys. Um, But yeah, like I said, and Wanda Maximoff really, Elizabeth Olsen did a really good job in this story. It was a story about concluding her arc as the Scarlet Witch. Really necessary, it wasn't, it really wasn't necessary to... I don't know, do it under the Doctor Strange banner, but then again if you didn't I feel like we'd only have one point of view if we did it as a Wonder story, because Vision, we had to add in different characters to make it believable and more easy to follow because of the fact that you couldn't just go from the villain's point of view all the time, although that's quite a good point of view to go from because, you know, normally we're going from the hero's perspective. And we have done something different with Wanda Maximoff. She's actually become a sort of semi-villain to hero, to villain with purpose and intent, but with a moral, but still end up being ultimately evil at the end of it. Uh, and yeah, that's about it really. I would have liked to have seen a big battle between all the multiversal variants. I'd, I would have loved to have seen like three Doctor Strangers either come together as a team or a battle between more than two of the Doctor Stranger so we got to see the battle between Sinister Strange and Our Strange but I would have liked to have seen like maybe four of them in the room or something like that. That would have been cool and maybe make more use of Professor X rather than killing him off so easily but that's just my opinion at the end of the day. So overall three and a half stars out of five I'd rate Multiverse of Madness. It didn't have enough multiversal moments in it for me personally. I think they did an all right job like some fan service moments in the Illuminati universe, and for me, the Sinister Strange Realm was the best one visually. It looked beautifully creepy and scary. Haunted House vibes the entire time. It was amazing, Uh, and I just love the quirks of the visual effects with the cape and everything like that. That was great. We'll have to wait and see what the rest of the multiversal saga brings us, and hopefully we get another Portals moment like we did in Endgame, and uh, see what happens in Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars, but overall, that's all I have to say. And that's a wrap on Take 97, the Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness edition of the podcast. And I will see you... No, I will see you soon, actually. Thank you very much. This is David Ingram of Films Unchained podcast, where movie talks, breakdowns, film analysis... Uh, No, excuse me. I think you'll find this is my episode. I told you not to come on here again. What have you done with Ace, by the way? The Take 97 Ace. Well, he's busy doing his own show, and I thought you could use the company, because, you know... Talking to yourself is a bit boring at the end of the day, but that's literally what we do for a living. Well, I wouldn't quite say a living, but we do talk to ourselves a little bit. But, oh, you know, whatever floats you boat. Stay tuned, listeners of Take 97 and also Films Unchained of my universe. I look forward to seeing you all as I smite thee down into a multiversal pillar of never-ending eternity. okay 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 no no that's enough that's enough no get out get out now i'm sorry guys that is now a wrap on take 97 a film podcast the multiverse of madness edition i'll see you on the next episode and hopefully i'll get rid of this weirdo i'll see you soon goodbye guys